once the physical equipment is connected to the edge technology, all the device, all the dashboard, it's automatically appear on the cloud application. Welcome to We Talk IoT, a regular series of podcasts from the editors of Smart Industry, the IoT business magazine. This podcast is brought to you by Avnet Silica in cooperation with Microsoft. Hi, I'm Tim Cole, the editor-in-chief of Smart Industry, the IoT business magazine. IoT promises to connect everything with everything else. But setting up all the connections can be tricky, demanding lots of coding and other kinds of expert knowledge. Domatica is a Portuguese company based in one of my favorite cities, Lisboa, and focused on bridging the gap between the physical world and the logical world of software. And the best part is no coding required. At least that's what Vice President Business Development Pedro Pine says about his company's flagship product, the IoT Cube. Pedro, tell us, how do you build a complex IoT solution without lots of programming? Well, our solution, it's um, really focused on uh, no-coding platform. So we start thinking 2002 to develop a monitoring and control platform. And the main goal is, uh, as you say, to reduce the gap between the physical world and the logical world. And we, uh, what we saw it, it's the, the people on the cloud application, on the application le level, does not understand nothing about the physical world, and the physical world does not understand nothing about the application world. So we try to, to to reduce this gap and create systems that will, in a very easy way, to communicate with both the cloud and the physical world. So we developed our engines um, specifics for the edge, where we develop a, a, a platform called Easy Edge, that is the base of the, our IoT solution, that have all the protocols, all the, the coding to connect to the physical world done for the user. So the user does not need to do coding to connect to any kind of protocol, any kind of the physical uh, equipment. On the platform side, everything is plug and play, means that once the physical equipment is connected to the edge technology, all the device, all the dashboard, it's automatically appear on the cloud application. If I understand it correctly, it's kind of plug and play. Yes, that's what, what I say. It's a plug and play feature. So you design, you configure your field uh, devices and automatically the data will appear on the front end of the, our uh, IoT Cube solution. I assume that that means that you have to get together with lots of manufacturers to understand how their stuff works and then bring it together. Yes, so it's uh, for first level to the, the protocol level, okay? So there is different protocols and we need to learn uh, all of them, uh, the measure uh, or the most we use it. And then we have the profiles for each equipment. For instance, for Modbus, you have uh, several uh, manufacturers. 
and we try to, to have libraries of the equipment ready to use, where you, by click, you select what the equipment you want to add it to your um, system. So we, we, when we, we developed our, uh, our IoT Cube uh, solution, we focus to solve the brownfield issues. So meaning that when you go to, the, to a facility, you have different uh, manufacturers, different protocols, different uh, equipment models, and that's it was our drive to do IoTQ solution. But there are thousands of manufacturers out there. How do you get them all together? Well, uh, it's a back-end job that we, we have it. So what we do is we have a, a library with a huge list of uh, equipment, and we are creating tools where, for instance, based on a PDF file from the manufacturer, you uh, even you can edit the equipment to the library by upload the PDF and file with the instructions of the equipment, and we can convert automatically for uh, the, a device template ready to use. Does that mean that you have to negotiate strategic partnerships with every one of these manufacturers? Um, well, a lot of information is um, available on the web. Okay, so if a manufacturer creates equipment normally they have public the how to to access to the equipment okay mm -hmm. if uh, for instance if you are talking about a knx project so we need to import the uh, what they call ets project file to our system so you you do the coding of your knx system and after that to include the the knx project on the cloud you need only to import the file that you created when you programming KNX. So on BACnet, it's by discovering we can read what is on the on the building and take this information to the platform. On uh, S7, you can export from TIA and then inject on the IoT Cube. So it's import export files on this kind of protocols. Well, it still sounds like a Herculean task to me. Congratulations. Uh, tell me. Can IoT Cube give me the power to remote control my systems? Yes, you you have the we have two kinds of uh, installation. On premise means that uh, stay on, on on a local factory, or on the cloud. So on the cloud you have a full control of uh, different systems. Okay, means that uh, if you have um, access to different systems from a, a central point, you can control and manager all the remote sites. And what about automation? Uh, one thing that uh, IoT Cube have is the possibility to, you can, uh, what we call a business rule. So specify a very easy business rule. If something happen, do this and this and this. So this is one of example of a business rule. You can design this on the cloud. You design the rules uh, that you want to do on site. And then these rules are compiled on the cloud and send it to the edge to where the information is processed and it will run locally. So because uh, we cannot trust on the internet or on communications to guarantee that something must be executed. So yes, automation is included on our platform. Documentation is often the weak point of many IoT systems and platforms. How do you solve that problem? Well, 
we try to to have the best documentation possible and sometimes is not uh, when you write it's different when you read so and uh, what we are betting it's how to do videos so uh, how to do videos will explain step by step what you need to do to get some results and what if something goes wrong how do i even know well we have our support line uh, you can contact us on our website it's www.iotq.io where we have the all the contacts uh, the direct contacts where you, we will give uh, direct support but these are mission critical systems you know these iot things i can't really afford to to wait long to repair something and if an alarm doesn't pop up immediately i'm not aware that something has gone wrong we as a company we operate it on b2b we don't address consumer projects uh, end user projects so we have our network of uh, in the partners integrator integrators that they do all this deployment all this support to end users so in that case the support normally is done locally meaning on in france in in germany in pakistan wherever the project is we have uh, local integrators that give directly support to the installation site in how many countries are you represented well we are in the european union uh, in, in several countries in us brazil saudi arabia and some uh, asian countries any plans to expand yes uh, everyday work it's to in- increase our partnerships with the uh, integrators looking through your website i found that you claim to provide something called zero touch deployment what exactly do you mean by that our uh, cloud platform allows you to be on contact with the physical physical equipment so it means that you can deploy or change uh, configuration on the edge or on the site without to be present on, or, or in contact with the physical equipment Final question, how does IoT Cube drive real business value? So we we see in two ways. For the uh, integrator, we see a platform that it's easy to install, no require high skilled persons and you can really deliver IoT projects. One of the the problems of IoT it's you start the project and then you have difficulties to finish. So because our technology it's so easy to implement you can really deliver iot projects uh, in a very fast way for the end users uh, it's the the general uh, iot benefits that uh, uh, you have a platform that can give you information when with this information you can uh, get better uh, decisions and because iot cube it's uh, really fast to implement well, also, it will help with cost-effectivity uh, solutions. Well, this was Pedro Pina of Domaticas, the Portuguese company that offers no-hassle IoT, no coding, no programming. Sounds too good to be true, but as he says, it works. Thanks very much. Thank you. We Talk IoT, the smart industry podcast, is sponsored by Microsoft. Microsoft Azure IoT Hub. Highly secure and reliable communication between your IoT application and the devices it manages. Azure IoT Hub provides a cloud-hosted solution backend to virtually connect any device.
extend your solution from the cloud to the edge with per-device authentication, built-in device management, and scaled provisioning. IoT solution based on Microsoft IoT Hub, then Avnet IoT Connect is your perfect choice. A standardized way to harness IoT so your business can quickly build smart apps and solutions based on the Azure platform. Security is a rising concern in the embedded market and for good reasons. As hackers become ever more capable and the economic gains from attacks increase, it is a common realization in the industry that security needs to be implemented as a process and not as a feature. It is becoming clear that not only does security need to be applied to the IoT products themselves, but also to supply and distribution networks. Avnet Silica, a member of the European cybersecurity organization EXO, has developed a highly secure solution for provisioning electronic components to cover security in the supply and distribution chains of electronic device manufacturers and OEMs. Joining us today is Martin Milter, who is in charge of cybersecurity at Avnet Silica for Europe, the Middle East, and Africa. Martin, is cybersecurity a product or a process? Hi, Tim. Thanks for inviting me. Yeah, it's uh, definitely a, a process. Um, it is a process that starts really the, the day that the product is conceptualized. So the day when you wake up and you think of a new product or a new service that you want to offer to the market, that's when you should start thinking about security. And um, it ends the very day that you decommission the last one of those products. But sometimes it seems that security is a kind of an add-on comes after the fact. Yes, that's that's the way uh, it's looked upon by uh, many people today. It's um, I think a lot of, uh, of people think of security as a kind of a feature that you can sell and say that we have this and those uh, security features in our product, therefore it is secure. But a lot of people fail to realize that it, it's more the process of implementing those security features and the, uh, the process of um, how you decide which features you want to or you need to implement in your product. That's the real uh, security implementation. That's what it's all about. And in expert circles, this is called provisioning. What is the Avnet Silica provisioning service and how can I as a customer benefit from it? Yeah, so a, a part of the of the dynamic process for for security, the the process can really be be split into several key uh, steps, such as a, a requirement and specification phase, a design phase, testing, production, distribution, operation, and and an end of life phase. So that's more like a traditional development phase. Now the steps that in that process where provisioning becomes interesting is clearly the uh, distribution and production phase. So it is it is really it is it is a place where Avnet has been a key player for now actually a uh, hundred years um, because we're celebrating our our hundred years uh, party celebration this this year and um, and it makes sense for us to kind of offer services around that part of the process as well. So supply networks uh, needs to be very flexible today, right? You might want to produce your products in Asia. You might want to produce in Europe, in, in the Americas, both uh, South and North. And uh, that can often result in an, in an untrusted manufacturing environment. 
So it means that the device credentials and the software can be exposed during manufacture, which then leads to uh, counterfeit products um, that can result in reliability issues, uh, charging horses, horses um, in your infrastructure, low performance and quality and warranty costs and things like that. So that's that's all things that, especially for people creating uh, high trust uh, products that they need to be very careful about. So we now have to worry about the quality of our chips as well. What is the microchip trust platform? Yeah, so the so the microchip trust platform is one solution of many coming from our suppliers that are solving the same problem, uh, which is the manufacturing distribution part of the process. So the microchip trust platform aims at uh, cl- closing that gap a little bit in delivering parts to the market that has already been provisioned. So it means that all these, all the uh, keys and all the secret information that needs to be programmed into the product is already programmed from the from the get-go. So the uh, manufacturer in this instance, it's microchip. It could also be NXP, for instance, that has, uh, that has a similar solution where everything is provisioned or a big portion of what you need is already provisioned into the part before it um, before it is even distributed to the OEM. So that's one portion that the suppliers can do it. In the other end of the scale, we have the Avnet Silica solution where we also offer uh, provisioning, but possibly doing it in a more tailored way to exactly what the customers need uh, rather than the opposite, offering a, a solution that tends to fit a broader range of customers with the same products. I understand you operate your own provisioning facility. Where is it located and how does it operate? Yeah, that's right. And and actually with security, it's not enough just to have a, a facility where you have pro, um, a secure programming machine, which is very secure if you look at the data sheet, right? It's also everything around it. So again, here we're talking about a process rather than just a product. So of course, we have a part of our warehouse in, in Germany in a small town called Poing, uh, just outside of Munich. That's where we have our big warehouse. And a part of that warehouse is actually a secure programming facility with access restrictions on different levels and a different sensitivity level. So all the process inside the house about registering who is entering, who is exiting, all these kind of things is taken care of alongside with the actual provisioning of the parts, which is, of course, the core of the, of the offering. Tell me, why does the current IoT landscape seem to present such a challenge to product manufacturers? Yeah, that's. I think that's a, a really, really good question because I just mentioned that that we have a, a defined various security levels in our warehouse. Uh, I talked about the different threats that customer have to analyze in a process to figure out what kind of what kind of security they need to implement in their products in order to to have a good value proposition for the customers. Now, one of the critical things is. How do you verify that you really have implemented what you need to do? And I think that that's one of the key challenges is that there is very, very little standardization today. So to kind of uh, figure out what you what you actually need to do. So the threat analysis and mitigations are different from system to system, but the tools to solve them are the same. So we need to offer like a toolbox where you can pick and choose the tools that you need in order to get to the right security level after you have done your 
your analysis. And the uh, one of the challenges, again, for IoT products is that you are not only connecting to the internet, sending all your precious data across the internet, but you're also offering, you're also distributing tens of thousands of products into the market that people could take apart. They could... Um, they could steal the code, they could inject code into the product, they could manipulate data, they could steal the data, they could even overbuild and reproduce your 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 design and your IP, right? So there's a lot of challenges here that you're facing and really looking at, at standardized tool for solving these problems. That's really where the IoT business is, uh, is, uh, is having some challenges today. Sounds very complicated. And if I were the end user, I would probably throw up my hands. Is that where Avnet Silica comes in, sort of helping me to make the right combination of safe products and connect them in a safe way? Yeah, so one of the places where I always start to discuss security with the customer is the is the threat analysis, right? So do our partners and our clients, do they really understand where the most critical area of their of their uh, system is what what are the adversaries what are the hackers that they are afraid of it's not always a hacker that you're afraid of right it could be other uh, governments it could be other companies it could be uh, people looking to uh, to hijack your system like a ransomware attack so where you take over the entire system and you say okay pay me some money uh, before i will release it to you. So that's that's the challenges that they have and understanding what what resources those people have and are willing to put in that is one of the critical parts to understand for the customer. Once they understand that it's actually quite easy to choose the tools that you need. And those tools that's that's what we offer as 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 a distributor because we we have it from our suppliers, we have our internal solutions as well, like for instance, the provisioning solutions, which is a part of that. But of course, if our clients are not sure what they actually need to implement, what are the threats that they are seeing in the market, then it's then it becomes very tough. So that's where we start, right? We start about saying, what, who are you afraid of? What resources might they have in order to obtain the information that they want or to obtain the goal that they have? And then we start looking at the tools that they need. So for the provisioning specifically, it could be things like a customer could be afraid that their uh, manufacturing partner or partners, it could be five companies, uh, spread around the world that are manufacturing for them, that they are, some of them may be overbuilding, like building a couple of more devices that they need to and selling them out of the back door. That's not a uncommon thing. What can we do in order to to mitigate that threat? And one of the things with provisioning can be that, well, we we provision the parts in a in a secure environment in in Germany and we ship the hardware parts to the manufacturer and then mount them on the board and at that time we would have mitigated uh, most of that risk away it seems like up to now IT security and cybersecurity are more or less voluntary but Europe is on track to passing a sweeping cybersecurity act this year what will its impact be on business i think so 
It will be twofold, no doubt about it. I think the the the, the first thing that you think about when you hear new new legislation, new standardization is that oh my god, now there's a lot of new th- stuff that we have to do. And while that is true, it is also put in place in order to help uh, the European Union specifically having a digital advantage over over competitors. And if you don't have a security process in place when you design new products, for sure there is some work ahead to be done in order to to have a secure process in your design flow. On the other hand, and that's the that's the second part, is that it will be a much more efficient way to communicate your security needs and verify that a solution and the tools that you have or that your your partners are offering actually are going to solve the problem that you aim to solve, right? So if a customer have figured out that, okay, we need to have a secure manufacturing chain, we need to protect our IP when we are manufacturing our units, then you can ask you can use standardization to prove that our solution does really live up to the demands that you have so it's a it's a way of transferring knowledge between companies as well great martin final question what are the next things we can expect from avnet silica in the realm of cybersecurity yeah so i talked about the, those tools right so again the the process really we we analyze the system and then we find some problems we need to solve and then we're digging into our toolbox and we are constantly expanding that toolbox to offer a more complete security uh, toolbox to, and to cover a wider part of that security process that we discussed in the beginning so an example of that is is of course the the provisioning solution that we have uh, for instance we're also working on several concepts at the moment uh, that are building on already successful business models that we already have in the market today and i can just mention a few of them like our trusted objects which is a hardware secure element with a pre-configured credentials and a customizable firmware that we can tailor to many classical IoT applications today and thereby offering a quite extensive range of security features. We also have reference designs that are showing how how IoT devices can integrate into Azure Cloud, which is the Microsoft Cloud offering, but with a proper IoT hardware constraints. So that's things like cost, power requirements, and PCB real estate, which is a really, really important aspect of designing IoT products, right? And then, of course, like I said, the provisioning solution and the Microsoft Azure close collaborations that we have with uh, with Microsoft uh, today. So these concepts, we are aiming to consolidate those into an offering that will work on multiple of our uh, multiple hardware vendors. So multiple of our suppliers' products. Okay, so there's a lot to look forward to. Thank you, Martin Milter, head of cybersecurity at Avnet Silica. Thanks for joining us here to talk about IoT security. And by the way, congratulations on your centennial. Yeah, thanks a lot, Tim. It's been a pleasure. And now, one more thing. Google's parent company, Alphabet, has shot down its Loon project, a radical approach to expanding internet connectivity in remote corners of the globe. Instead of trying to extend the internet from the ground, Loon wanted to take to the sky via a network of balloons traveling along the edge of space. This was supposed to extend coverage to rural areas, fill gaps, and improve network resilience in the event of disaster.
unfortunately, Alphabet was unable to find either a sustainable business model or partners for one of its most prominent moonshot projects. The idea behind Loon was simple. A cell tower's coverage area is limited by the height of its antennas. By lifting these antennas up to the stratosphere, Loon would deliver connectivity over a much larger area, it was hoped. The project was coupled to a number of ambitious use case ideas, such as using AI to boost agricultural production. In a blog, Loon CEO Alistair Westgarth explained, while it found a number of willing partners interested in the balloon-based internet connectivity technology over the past eight years, quote, we haven't found a way to get the costs down low enough to build a long-term sustainable business. That was We Talk IoT, the Smart Industry Podcast. You can read all the latest from Smart Industry, the IoT Business Magazine, by visiting our website at www.smart-industry.net, where you'll find hundreds of feature articles about everything from smart manufacturing and cognitive computing to autonomous driving and how IoT and AI are making business smarter. There, you can sign up to receive our newsletter, Smart Industry Updates. I'm Tim Cole. See you back next month when, once again, we talk IoT.